I'm sorry. A little groggy. It's about nine o'clock in the morning, and I just finished watching an interminably long wrestling pay-per-view first thing in the morning from Perth, Australia, but what the hey. Ladies and gentlemen, we're glad you're here. It's a special edition of the Outdated Wrestling Hour. It's our elongated look at the WWE 2024 Elimination Chamber event. I'm drinking coffee, and I don't even drink coffee. Stay tuned. stage of our recording here in the outdated wrestling hour and by the way hi i'm bob smith you might remember me from my days in the wrestling magazines like pwi and stuff like that but anyway it's just in a totally impromptu edition of the outdated wrestling hour so i'm looking at my schedule and it was just crazy and as i've mentioned on social media i don't know if i mentioned it on the podcast but covid invaded my home uh recently and it looks like things are starting to clear up in that regard now, but it's a, it's a situation also where there was a lot of other things going on in my life at the same time. It's one of those deals where I figured I would just take a week off and try to regroup. But I'm looking at the hole in the schedule and going, oh, I don't like this. So here's an impromptu Saturday edition of the Outdated Wrestling Hour, and we are looking at, and yes, I got up at 4.30 in the morning and uh, took copious notes for the uh, Perth, Australia Elimination Chamber, I guess they call them special live events or premium live events. No more PPVs, right? (laughs) Now they're uh, premium live events on Peacock from Optus Stadium in Perth, Australia. It's the latest WWE pay-per-view. Boy, do they put on extravaganza every time now. There's no such thing as a small event. They're all stadiums now, I guess. Incredible. And if you if you heard the news reports like I did, apparently the WWE had to dodge real pirates to get the steel structure of the Elimination Chamber itself into Perth, into Australia. Amazing. I mean, this you, you can't make this stuff up. Overall, my impressions of these shows, I, I'll tell you what, I am the most ass-backwards Peacock subscriber because I subscribe to watch Joe McHugh. You know, you know who I am, right? I'm an old timer, and I want to watch Joe McHugh and Gary Michael Capetta and the relatively um, sedate old school wrestling that they do include on the WWE section of Peacock, which is great. But since I have it, I also do watch the pay per views. And I will say that the Elimination Chamber for 2024 was astoundingly predictable. I mean, 
no real upsets, no real news from this, unless you count the fact that Drew McIntyre won the men's elimination chamber event to become Seth Rollins' opponent at WrestleMania for his championship. But I will say this, they telegraphed that. I mean, for six weeks on TV, it's it's McIntyre on both of their shows saying, you know, I need this championship. I got to have this championship. And it was an overwhelming thing on each show. I was really hoping that WWE was going to do something different, maybe with Logan Paul or LA Knight or any of the newer faces, but that's not how they do things, you know? I really think it's LA Knight's time, but they're not giving him his time. And as you'll find out, you'll find out who his opponent is at WrestleMania once I read these show notes that I took. This reminds me of my Wrestle Magazine days, because back in those days, both for the London magazines and for WCW Magazine, I used to do pay-per-view reports all the time. I I would uh, take notes. I had a stopwatch. I did the same thing for this. I started taping the, uh, I should say, I started using the stopwatch function on my uh, cell phone, try to get accurate times. But I'm figuring, they don't do it. Why should I? (laughs) Nobody does it. And, And here's another thing about modern wrestling. They don't announce hometowns or weights anymore used to be weighing in at 265 pounds from the Isle of Malta, Baron Mikel Cicluna. Right now it's, here is, you know, Rhea Ripley. There was a pregame show, or whatever they call it, with Megan Morant, Sam Roberts, and Peter Rosenberg. Do I watch it? No. I skimmed through that. I don't watch pregame shows for any sports, not for baseball, football. I don't watch postgame shows. I, I, I just watch the games. I, I, I am a salesman's worst nightmare. I don't consider anything that's an add-on to be important, so I don't pay any attention. So anyway, we're, we're finally getting into the uh, start here, and the broadcast team is Michael Cole and Corey Graves. I guess they can't do much better than that. That would have been my choice as well, so. So anyway, over and over, they're playing this punky rock theme song. You know how they always commission a theme song for every pay-per-view? And it's over and over and over again. Some punky nobodies. uh, We become the nighters over and over. Ugh. Ugh. I was in a hospital once, and in the next room was a crazy, crazy lady who just kept screaming, Michael, Michael. Michael, right? She was she was obviously a little touched in the head. He just kept screaming the same thing over. That's what this song sounded like. <laughs> so anyway, um, make a long story short, uh, the women's elimination chamber match was first, right? Lots of videos of people walking into the arena. They, this is a new thing now. It, 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 we're supposed to be entertained by the wrestlers walking toward the building or just into the building. Exciting stuff, man. Now, we saw from SmackDown that Grayson Waller was already being prepped by uh, Roman Reigns about something during his interview segment. He's going to interview uh, Seth freaking Rollins and uh, Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare. But that's later in the show. So anyway, we start off with the ladies' or women's Elimination Chamber event. Bianca Belair is out first, looking fantastic like she always does. Uh, the second one out was Ra- Raquel Rodriguez, who was just kind of reemerged on the scene 
And you know, I really thought she was a sleeper here, but I should know better. There's no sleepers in WWE. Um, she looks great. I'm glad she's back. Uh, she's it says a little more power and lilt to the entire women's division. An interesting dark horse when it comes to uh, future endeavors, anyway. Uh, number three, and it was Tiffany Stratton, who my jury is completely still out on. I don't like the character, but she really is athletic, which she proved to be in this match. Uh, next that was uh, Liv Morgan, who has revenge on her mind, right? For uh, she wants to get back at uh, Rhea Ripley. Naomi next, and Becky Lynch. So the last two in these matches that are announced, they start the match, and they start to go at it. The belt finally rings after interminable amounts of time of people walking to the ring. Walking to the ring. And then you know what happened? They walked to the ring some more. I, I, I just can't cotton to it. It's, it's oh man, we're so conditioned. We're such trained seals. Oh, oh, oh. We'll, we'll accept anything when it comes to wrestling. Well, some people will. So anyway, we start with Becky Naomi, who, by the way, the bottom of Naomi's shoes uh, continue to uh, make lights <laughs> at all times. Uh, she's a glow girl, that's for sure. They actually wrestled these two, and it, they look great. They actually did just a bunch of traditional wrestling uh, maneuvers, and it looked like a sport. It looked like a contest. I was happy at this point. So then Tiffany Stratton gets involved. She's third to be released from her pod. As you know, they all stand in pods waiting for some sort of timer to, to set off so they can open it up and they can come into the ring and join the fray. But Stratton comes in and does a lot of gymnastic maneuvers. Uh, she was with Team USA and all this other stuff. She's um, she's an athlete. She really is. Again, I think they're selling a little bit of too much sizzle with her. And her, her character is basically, uh, how do I put it? She's Chelsea Green with more athleticism. That's all I'm picking up on so far. Next in is Liv Morgan. Um, and you never notice with these Elimination Chamber events or any event where somebody comes into the ring, like the Royal Rumble, whoever emerges into the ring next just takes over. It's so road. It's so predictable. The next person in will just beat up everybody for a few minutes. It's just the way they do it over and over and over again. It's not special. You know, we know what's happening, folks. It, it, if it's the same thing happens every time a wrestler enters the ring, book a little harder. We, uh, it, it's just, it's dumb. Also, there was a period there where the women were just standing in the corners letting other people do a hand, handspring flips onto them. Like Becky and Naomi are just kind of standing in the corners, and here comes somebody that takes 15 seconds to do cartwheels bashing into them. I'm thinking, why don't you just uh, move? You're not dead. You're standing upright. So why don't you just uh, take two steps away from it? Nah. <laughs> so there was more good spots with Tiffany Stratton. I was completely surprised. Um, especially one where they almost banged her into the cage a few times. She, great athleticism. But uh, she was... The first elimination was Stratton eliminating Naomi at the 13-minute mark. Um, then Ra Raquel comes in, and she takes over where the power moves all over the place. She looks great. Again, I hope they use her right, because she has a pretty good charisma. She's really athletic. She just adds a lot to the women's division. Did a great spot where she was swinging Stratton into the cage bars on the outside of the cage, just swinging her back and forth, bashing her into the cage. It was a very stark spot. It looked really great. 
Here's another thing about these Elimination Chamber events and the Royal Rumble. Why do they render their opponents almost unconscious and then they just lay there for minutes? <laughs> I mean, so that two people can be highlighted in the center of the ring. That's why. And if you go, well, the others are just knocked out. No, it's it's a setup. It's 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 so so non-sport. It's so non-wrestling. They just lay there for a long time. Don't get it. I guess they're supposed to be hurt, but why is it that they can sometimes just stand up and look like their old selves after they were so hurt that they were laying there for five minutes? Your guess is as good as mine. So next is Bianca Belair, fantastic worker, great look, great style, great charisma. She comes in and just takes over with a whole mess of power moves, and uh, she's undeniably great. She really is totally original, just a real athlete, really the real deal, fantastic. She did a great spot where she was propelling Raquel on the side of the cage, similarly to what Raquel had done to Tiffany Stratton. And it was it was rugged looking. Real nice job. Then Liv dives off the top of the pot onto Raquel, the first spot like that in the match for a man or a woman. It looked fantastic. And then Tiffany, of all people, came off the pot onto Bianca, Becky, and Raquel. Just action all over the place. So eventually Liv eliminates Stratton, who got a lot of offense in and really kind of opened my eyes a little bit about her athleticism. Really did. I was expecting just more Chelsea Green, but no, she's 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 good. Then there's more uh, Raquel bouncing Bianca off the side of the cage before uh, Belair KO'd Raquel. Later on, there's a dangerous spot, it looked like, as Becky, Liv, and Belair all battled on, on the apron of this thing, and it, it was really tough-looking looking spots there. In the end, though... After all this action, uh, and it went a long time, went more than 32 minutes this match, uh, Becky Lynch emerged as your unsurprising winner. Again, through the interview process, it was kind of telegraphed that she wanted a shot at the world title. And, and, you know, when they reemphasize it over and over, you can almost count on it happening. Like, they're not going to put someone on TV for weeks going, I want to be a champion. And then not let them be the champion. So whoever's mouthing off the most that they want to be a champion will get their championship shot. It's just the way it works. So there was a lot of action. It was, a, you know, it's a pretty good cage match. Um, it, it grew on me as I went along. I wasn't enjoying it because of the dumber spots, but it, it, it was it was good for what it was. You know, again, gimmicks, gimmicks, gimmicks. I, I still prefer just a match with rules and regulations and a referee and let's let's rock and roll, but. What can I tell you? That's just the way things go. By the way, I'm taping from my homestead here, and I have neighbors upstairs who sound like they're building a house within their apartment. It sounds like wood hitting the floor constantly. I don't know what they do. So like Brian Last, I'm hoping this doesn't bleed through into the final soundtrack of this show. Pain in my neck. So when I get back to more of the premium live event, um, they had a nice little tag team match there um, for the championship at Octa Stadium. It was um, Baylor and Damian Priest, the current champions, against a relatively newly formed team of Tyler Bate and uh, and Dunn. I'll tell you what. Dunn, you know, the former Butch, he's, he's got a unique charisma, the ultimate crazed tough guy with a good heart underneath it all. And those those maneuvers he does with the hands with the manipulating of the fingers it looks legitimately painful 
Of course, the champions won this event. They're not taking anything away from the Judgment Day at this point. But, um, I mean, Baylor was selling his hands after the match. He was getting his hands worked on so much by uh, by Dunn. It was just it's one of the few spots they do that I consider to be hard to look at. I mean, it really looks like he's, like, snapping his fingers. Or whoever the opponent happens to be that he's in the ring with. Pete Dunn is good. I'm glad they're giving him a shot like this. And, uh, you know... Mr. Bate isn't bad either. They make a natural tag team. And they're going to be around for a while, I think. And so after that uh, victory by the Judgment Day, a little bit of outside interference by uh, Dirty Dominic in the midst of it. Of course, there has to be outside interference. You know, that's a rule in WWE. We begin the first of many travelogues. Yes, travelogues. Come to Perth and you'll see this. See this beach. See this place. Do this. Do that. That would be at least four or five of these things during the course of the uh, special event. But what can I tell you? Grayson Waller effect comes out. Now, on the previous SmackDown, Roman Reigns summoned Grayson Waller into his uh, office. And then they faded to black. We don't know what Roman's told Mr. Waller to do. But um, I saw no indication of it on this waste of time. Basically, it was uh, Seth Rollins, or excuse me, Seth freaking Rollins. And the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, being interviewed by Waller, as usual. And they said their usual thing about The Rock and Roman Reigns and all that other stuff. Interminable. <laughs> there's, there's no there there. I mean, Theory was in the ring with Waller. You know, Austin Theory. And he, he mouthed off and he got beat up for his, his ministrations, you know. Endless walking to the ring. The walking to the ring felt like it took longer then the entire segment in the ring, the interview segment. Because here came Rollins, and then, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, it's entertainment, kids. Oh, man. Did they hand out lollipops to the fans, too? I'm just wondering. Well, anyway, also, you know, and then, you know, Cody comes out and sings his song and whatnot. It's time to start the show. Oh, please start something. By the way, Seth Rollins was wearing sunglasses with three lenses. Round sunglasses with three lenses. If you can explain to me, drop me a note at outdatedwrestling at gmail.com because it made no sense to me. So, Theory Mouse off, Cody Rollins beat him up, and that was it. Really, that's all there was to it. Oh, and then there was another travel log, and I missed Guntales with Journey to Adventure on Channel 9. We used to take you all over the world and show you spots like Australia you may not have seen before. In any event, another travel log. And then here comes the men's elimination chamber event. You knew who was going to win this. McIntyre has been screaming, I need this championship for weeks. So you had your roster of L.A. Knight, Kevin Owens, McIntyre, Randy Orton, Bobby Lashley, and Logan Paul. Or I should say the tag team of Logan Paul and his brass knuckles. Late in the match, uh, yeah, I could go through all this, but I'll just I'll just point out a couple things that were leading to other angles. Near the end of the match, it's just McIntyre and Orton in the ring. And here comes Paul with his brass knucks who KOs Randy Orton, allowing McIntyre to pin him. That was your finish. I love outside interference, first of all. And then outside interference in a cage match just really frosts my shorts. Okay, why, why, why? And it wasn't even the only outside interference in the match. In the middle of it, out of nowhere, when Bobby Lashley was being led from the ring, 
here comes AJ Styles with a chair who beats the living tar out of LA Knight, leading to his elimination. That's all I'm going to say about this. You know, yeah, there was a lot of brutal action sequences. And at one point, it looked like uh, early in the match, too, it looked like Drew suffered a really deep cut in his right shoulder. But it was more of the same. If you've seen an Elimination Chamber match, you've seen them all. And uh, that was basically it. This took a long time to get to nowhere because we knew Drew McIntyre was going to win. There was no question about it. Or at least anybody who watches the shows that's wide awake saw it. There were great moments in the match. Don't get me wrong. Ellie Knight is a star. He he looks fantastic. Kevin Owens has that unique anachronisma that you can't duplicate. Logan Paul is such a tool that he's great. The same way the Miz was all those years. He's such a tool. You just want to smash him. That makes for a good heel. He's going to be around a long time, and I don't begrudge his success now. I didn't like him at first. I'm warming up to Logan Paul. I really am. That's about it as far as the, the men's uh, deal. Again, if you like that kind of hard-hitting action, guys were getting thrown through the pods and things like that, that one's for you. You know. So you know another tainted victory there. Which leads us to the women's match, the women's world championship match between native hero for Australia, um, Rhea Ripley against Nia Jax. Best match on the show, by far. I can see why they put this as a headliner. Not only because of you know Rhea Ripley being from Australia, but it just was the best matchup. And they let them go for a long, long period of time, and it was really good. Tons of power moves by Nia. Nia does look unbeatable, but um, the finish was great and simple as Ripley uh, hit a superplex on Nia Jax as she climbed to the top of the turnbuckle. Just a fantastic spot. Then hit the usual riptide for her roll-up pin. Rhea's got it all going on. Best match on the show. Really cool. So let's. what have we learned here, fans? What did we learn about this paper? For First of all, the men's elimination chamber match had almost 20 minutes of just getting people into the ring. Seriously. Talk about selling the sizzle, not the steak. It's getting ridiculous at this point. The amount of stuff on just regular WWE shows that has nothing to do with wrestling is reaching epic proportions. And it has nothing to do with nothing. Like, Endless shots of people walking into the arena with their luggage and things like that. What is the point? I guess it's called filler. You know, on, 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 on Raw, I understand why they need to do as much filler as they probably can, but on a pay per view, I don't get it. These things are long enough as they are, you know, without having to pad them. But here, here's here's my overall thought about this show. You ever have like a bad Seven Eleven sandwich, right? Well, not a, not an awful one. Let's say it's a tuna one, but it's kind of on the end of the day for its fresh date that's, that's stamped on these things. This pay-per-view was like a 7-Eleven tuna sandwich, but somebody bought a nice gift box to put in it and put a bow on it. It really looked beautiful, really nice. Once you opened and it and finished it, well, it's just the same old 7-Eleven tuna sandwich. And this was probably the weakest pay-per-view WWE has done in a, the last six or seven of them. I, I just felt that it, it it just didn't have the vibe going on because it was too predictable. 
just too predictable. The TV shows predicted what was about to happen. We saw Drew McIntyre for seven or eight weeks going, I need this championship. We see Becky Lynch essentially saying the same thing. So they were going to win, right? We kind of felt that LA Knight and AJ Styles were going to have a feud going back to when AJ made his reappearance, but they never kind of pulled the, the plug on it. Well, now they have opened that. That will obviously be a WrestleMania match. LA Knight versus AJ Styles. Two letters instead of first names. <laughs> but, but anyway, and also obviously because Logan Paul bashed him with those knocks, it'll be Logan Paul against Randy Orton. So the card's filling up now. Are you excited about it? Listen, I haven't seen a bad WrestleMania in a long time. I'm sure it'll be great. And WrestleMania is usually the place where you can see a surprise or two. Looking over the entire championship picture, there is one factor that nobody's talking about, hasn't talked about in far too long. And that's Damian Priest with his cash-in briefcase from last year's Money in the Bank. It's been a long time now. And... He's got to cash that thing in soon, one way or another. So I think that could lead to an interesting situation with somebody heading up the road. And I hope it does. It's about time he cashed that thing in. But again, the women's division of WWE is is utterly fantastic. They have the most talent. They have the most creativity in their programs. They're the most splashy. They're most colorful. They leave everybody else in the dust. Their success currently is well-earned, and I never thought I'd see the day. I have been enjoying the product at WWE far more than I have in a long time. And this was not one of their better efforts, but I wouldn't say it was awful. It was just rote, you know? And do we have to walk to the ring so much? So much wasted time. You know how manic wrestling fans are. A lot of people got up at 3, 4, or 5 in the morning across the United States to watch this thing live. So you're going to torture them with travel logs and people walking to the ring throughout the entire pay-per-view? I don't know what to say. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed your 7-Eleven tuna sandwich. Or, no, excuse me. WWE Elimination Chamber special event or premium event or whatever the heck they call it this week. And I hope you enjoyed me mouthing off about it for a few minutes. Our new theme song is Funkerific by the also terrific Kevin McLeod. Find his work at Incompetech.com. It's licensed under the Creative Commons 3.0 and all that other stuff. I guess I have to say that legally in order to be able to use the music on the show, but uh, I uh, Kevin has a unique company. He forsakes traditional music distribution, does it all himself. That's why you should check out Incompetech.com. It's, he's, he's a real raging success doing it his own way. It, it's, again, like my favorite guitar player in the world, Dominic Triano. I always liked him because he did things his own way. Kevin McLeod does things his own way, too. And uh, great musician. Just comes up with great stuff all the time. Friday, we return with another show with Mike Morsh, and we're going to finally get back to our normal schedule with – a look at his love of the central states territory. That's going to be fun. That one's already in the can. And I can tell you, that's going to be a really fun show. We got a lot of the cool stuff going up in the weeks ahead. Outdated wrestling hour. Buzzsprout.com to hear all of our shows on that one site. 
You can join the Outdated Wrestling Hour fan club if you so choose to and help perpetuate the show and take part in hopefully our upcoming Zoom meeting, which happens like any day now. We're, I'm trying to get it scheduled with, with our membership. In any event, check, check out what it's all about on our site. I have a headache. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. I've been up since 4. <laughs> I hope you didn't mind this. So I'll leave it at this. If you want to see the pay-per-view, there are some things you might want to see. You want, you want to see how good Tiffany Stratton actually is. You might want to see the main event, obviously, with, with Nia Jax and the amazing Rhea Ripley. That's worth seeing. I think the worst part of it, and I like the tag team match, so I think the worst part of the show was literally the Elimination Chamber matches. I'm just not a gimmick match guy. I'm just not. I just put put them in the ring with rules and oh, outside interference all the time. But that's that's another topic for every other show I do here on the Outdated Wrestling Hour. As I bemoan the booking of outside interference all the time, everywhere, in every organization. It's not satisfying. You know, those type of things are why Dusty Rhodes lost his job time and time again as a booker, but we'll get into that in future episodes. In any event, have a great weekend. We'll see you on Friday with a new show. Or should I say peace and pay-per-views? Wait a minute. They don't call them pay-per-views. They're special events. What are they? Uh, special live premium? What? Who? Huh? gentlemen wrestling fans international association is back that's right the premier fan club association of the 1970s and 1980s has been revived and is back in business join today it's free at the wfia.org that's t-h-e-w-f-i-a.org you can also join us on facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash wfia 1969